the New Orleans Pelicans end 2022 on a high note, notching their fifth straight win to keep them first place in the Western Conference after a victory over the 76ers. CJ McCollum put up 42 points. Zion quietly put up 36. The defense was excellent. The crowd was into it. Let's break it down in a bonus episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on a bonus episode, but kind of like making up for the Friday episode. I've been very sick this week. You've heard it in my voice. Sorry for missing the show on Friday, but after that win... I feel good, and I had to talk about it. This one, about this one. I know you're excited. I'm excited too. So I wanted to share my excitement with y'all. So we're going to break down CJ Zion, the defense, and the crowd there in kind of a bonus episode, or like the you know day late Friday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So huge. Win for New Orleans, 127-116 over the Philadelphia 76ers. This was an impressive game from New Orleans. Philly is good. They're not as good as they want to be this year, but this is a talented team with Joel Embiid and James Harden. And New Orleans found themselves down early in this one, and they battled back. They found themselves down 10 in the first quarter and then took control over this game. They stopped trying to play the Sixers game and at their pace and kind of did their own thing. And when your stars come through for y'all like that, you can win very many games. And that's what New Orleans had happened for them. CJ 42, Zion 36, New Orleans stays first in the Western Conference. They just really took it to a team, a team that had a couple of days rest and had been here in New Orleans, scouting them in a sense. Rivers was at the game. Doc Rivers was at the game on Wednesday. And New Orleans just went out and was like, all right, we're going we're gonna to play good defense. Went in with a solid plan and just beat them. Like, in front of a sellout crowd. I don't know. You know, we, we could end the show there. It's like great performances all around. Thumbs up. We're all happy. But there's more to it. So let's start with CJ McCollum. That is now Pelicans franchise record holder, CJ McCollum, to all of us. CJ in this one, 42 points, the most impressive number though, 10 of 16 from three, 68.8%, but 11 main threes sets the franchise record previously held by Peja Stoyakovic, who set this in 20, uh, 20, 2007 with 10 main threes. That's a 15 year old record that he just broke 42 points on the night, five assists, two steals, just two turnovers, four rebounds. Five of six from the line. You know, Zion scored 40 on Wednesday, and then he comes in and scores 40 today, and you had him score 40 last week as well. CJ is back. CJ's back. You know, he had COVID. He had been sick. He's also got a newborn at home. All of those things add up to you being a little bit sluggish, and he's looked a little bit sluggish, but you could see in this one, he was feeling himself, and it's punctuated by the 11-3 that he made. 
in transition after getting a steal that he grabbed, driving down, you had Jose Alvarado under the basket. He could have put a uh, pass in front of him. Jose would have gotten it scored. CJ just pulls up with all those trailing defenders, pull up jumper in transitions, Pujit, a three-jit here, and drains it. He was feeling himself. He was feeling himself all night long. You know, when CJ's a threat like that, it changed the way that the Philadelphia 76ers were defending. They were running Joel Embiid back a little bit. In, not quite drop coverage, but not playing him up. And CJ was getting a lot of his looks out of the pick and roll with Valchunas or Billy Hernan Gomez or Jackson Hayes or Zion. And they would play Embiid kind of in the middle there. You know, really trying to give him room to be able to help if Zion got the ball. Not playing up on CJ McCollum. And CJ starts making his threes. And then all of a sudden, particularly in the second half... You saw him inching out a little bit more, then inching out a little bit more, then inching out a little bit more, and really starting to get forward to try and contest C.J. McCollum, which left the rim a little bit more open for anyone who was going to be down there attacking. At times, it was Zion, 36 points. It was, at times, Billy Hernan Gomez, who did a great job off the bench, 13 points in limited minutes. He was absolutely outstanding in this one. You know, it, it just made life easier for everyone, and it's a great example of how one player can kind of affect the geometry, if you will, of the court, right? We talk about court gravity a lot, and we know what Zion's court gravity is at the rim. They try and wall it off. It just pulls defenders right there. CJ was pulling guys out. You know, this is three-point shooting gravity, which spaces the court better for Zion and made his life easier as he started to really get hot and start scoring in the fourth quarter. And that was really important, I thought, for the New Orleans Pelicans is Zion could work a little bit easier. He almost had a quiet game and he really started to go off in the second half taking advantage of a lot of that space that was there at the rim form because of CJ kind of bending that defense. This is a really good game for what they're trying to do just with their stars and how influential and important those guys are. But CJ knowing he was hot, the Pelicans feeding him, running him through pick and rolls to get him good quality looks. It's great coaching by Willie Green. It's feeding the hot hand which New Orleans needs to do a little bit better job of at times and it's it's creating space for others and everything starts working in sync and there's a lot of synergy right out there on the court. You know, Joel Embiid for all the scoring he did, and this is a guy who, you know, I don't, he's not won a defensive player of the year, I don't think. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he's in the running there. And I remember a year or two ago watching him play and I've just never seen anyone take away the paint like he does with his wingspan. He's a huge body down low. Does it in a way that Gobert doesn't do, does it in a way that Giannis doesn't do. He is like something else down there. And he wasn't that good defensively in this one, right? He had one block that was on Jose, maybe Billy. I can't remember. And he had five fouls because he couldn't do anything here because New Orleans made him uncomfortable. And it had a lot to do with what CJ was doing, pulling him out of the paint just a little bit. A foot or two is sometimes all you need. And that really made a big difference in this game. CJ McCollum back. We know what he was capable of doing. It was just a matter of time till he got his legs under him to turn back into that. I went on Locked on Jazz when they had that two game set there. And David Locke, my podcast boss, said is like, the CJ we saw in New Orleans, the one we were expecting, or is this the one, you know, the the CJ we saw last season for New Orleans, the one we, we should be expecting, or is this sluggish one, you know, the on the wrong side of 30 and everything with a new contract extension, what we should be expecting? I said, once he gets his legs under him and gets his kind of conditioning back and off of being sick, he's going to be just fine. Yeah, dude looks just fine. He's strung together about, you know, three weeks of really, really solid play. And this team hasn't even added Brandon Ingram back. 
So coming up next, let's talk about Zion Williamson a little bit more. He, dude, is just so good. I don't know what else to say. Um, actually, I'm a professional. I have a lot to say. Let's talk more about Zion coming up in just one second. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you're going to get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill somebody. Everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving. The results are often tragic and deadly. However, that doesn't stop people from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Even on the weekend, trying to make up for missing the show on Friday, you can hear me. I'm much, much better. Uh, Medicine's finally kicking in, so I'm happy to be back with y'all, especially after a big win over the Philadelphia 76ers, 127-116. Pelicans on a five-game winning streak. This is a like signature win for this team now, beating a very quality team that has a big man that should slow down Zion Williamson. But Zion Williamson, not that easy to slow down as he had 36 in this one. He was good. He was unstoppable. I should also mention, make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today as your second listen. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. So Zion, still really good at basketball. Not that we were expecting anything less. One game after he sets a career-high 40, he goes out and gets pretty close again. 36 points on the night. But New Orleans and Willie Green in particular had a really interesting strategy on what to do with him and how to use Zion most effectively. And there's been a lot of criticism for Willie Green, and I think a lot of it is really un, unfounded and unwarranted for a team that's first place in the Western Conference at 23-12 and 12 and doesn't have Brandon Ingram, their second best player, for almost two months now. You know, I think the season's going pretty well. I think Willie Green has done a good job. New Orleans is 11 games over 500. So Zion had 36, and the way he did most of his damage in this one was when Joel Embiid was off the court. When Embiid would go off, New Orleans made sure they had Zion Williamson in. And the Philadelphia 76ers had no answer for him with any of their bench players. None. P.J. Tucker tried five fouls. Didn't work, right? Montrez Harrell tried. Didn't work. Niang tried. Didn't work. Any of the others they tried on him, it didn't work. Embiid didn't work even, to be perfectly honest, but Embiid does it better than probably anyone else. But Zion goes for 36 points on 19 shots, 10 of 16 from the line, five rebounds, two assists, just three turnovers. He was, <coughs> sorry, still lingering some stuff here, uh, fantastic in this one. And you've got to give Willie Gein credit for putting him out there on the court when the best option to slow him down or stop him didn't exist wasn't out there either. And so New Orleans really took advantage of those Joel Embiid off-court bench minutes. And that's really smart. Really, really smart. And allowed New Orleans to keep building that lead. You know, you want your starters... Your bench is not supposed to win you games necessarily. 
you know, you want your bench to keep you even, I think, and your starters who you trust the most are to go out there and kind of create the lead for you. So when you can kind of blend both of those and blur the lines between them, like the Pelicans were doing in this, it's a smart tactical decision. You know, they paired Trey Murphy's minutes well with Zion, keeping him out there on the court to provide an outlet. Trey hit two threes in this. You know, you saw CJ McCollum going out there making his threes. Those were the biggest things. You know, this one, sometimes you don't have to overthink it. Joel Embiid's off. Let's make sure Zion's going to be in there. And it, it worked. And as CJ started to become that huge scoring threat, and the Philadelphia 76ers didn't have an answer for that. It really opened things up more for Zion. Zion at 16 in the first half, and then feels like he exploded for more in the second half where he had 20, right? That's when he started to really do some damage and get to the line a little bit more. And he was just, man, he's good. You know, there's a reason people are chaining MVP for him when he's out there. He's scoring. He's doing it in a variety of ways. You're starting to see a little bit. I don't want to call it a mid-range game because it's still an in-the-paint game. But you're seeing a little bit more range from him. Just a little bit. Not much. Hitting shots outside of the restricted area. The other night when he put up uh, 40 or 42, 43, whatever his score was, you know, he had one, two shots taken outside of the restricted area, I think. He had one, two, three, four, five in this game. Just a little bit, right? It's a little bit of a different look. Still doing most of his damage at the rim in, you know, down low in the restricted area. But when you give him a little bit of room to work and the 76ers were in, interested in walling him off in the beginning, it, it it went well as he was able to find more space in the second half and go out there and score the way that he did. Just a great, like, two-man performance from CJ McCollum and Zion Williamson in this one. And again, this team doesn't have... Brandon Ingram out there right now. That's incredible, right? Like, it's incredible. You add that guy back to this team who's going to fit. It's only going to work well. Yeah, sign me up for that. Y'all, the Pelicans are good. It's just kind of as simple as that. It's so coming up. I want to talk about the crowd. New Orleans is a basketball city because a lot's being made of that. Because I'm truly in awe of what we're seeing right now, and everyone seems to be, and I think that's a really wonderful thing. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Rocket Money. Say goodbye to last year's outdated, disorganized methods of managing your money, and say hello to Rocket Money, the better way to hack your finances in 2023. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person $720 a year. It's going to quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want. And over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. It also lets you uh, budget your money so you can spend it on the right thing. Save what you need to save. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel wanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmba. That's rocketmoney.com slash lockedonmba. Rocketmoney.com slash locked on NBA. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about the team. Even when I'm sick, even on a Saturday when it's a bonus show after such a big win, we're here doing it. Now for your second listen, go check out Locked On Saints. Ross Jackson breaking down everything black and gold. Is Sean Payton coming back, please? New QB, please? He's going to give you the latest on everything you need to know. So let's talk about the crowd. Let's talk about you. 
the fan, the people who've been supporting this team. Like, I'm not wearing a hat, but like hats off to you. This game was a sellout. Wednesday's game was a sellout. Monday's game was pretty close to a sellout. Next week's game on Wednesday, the fourth against the Rockets is not a sellout, but is close. Then the one on Friday, which got bumped up to ESPN, is against the Nets, is a sellout. These are sellout games, sellout games that are in the middle of December, late December. That is an absolutely incredible thing to be able to see. There's no need for that. Like, there's no need for these games to be a sellout. These games have never been a sellout, right? But the city knows how special this team is right now, how fun they are, how well this team connects with the city of New Orleans and the fans, and they are showing up. It is the definition of build it and they will come. There's been a lot of knocks against New Orleans over the years, right, for having a basketball team, not a basketball city. We've talked about that, you know, a lot here. You know, it's they, we've also heard things like, oh, they're not good. They don't deserve it, blah, blah, blah. You know, this is a team that hasn't always done right by the fans in terms of putting a winner out there, right? You know, they go three, four years sometimes, three years usually, without making the postseason. Then they get in, and then they don't make it for three more years. They've only made the postseason back-to-back twice in franchise history. You know, fans don't need to show up for teams that are winning 30 games, 27 games, right? 21 games. I understand it. But when they're good, they will support it. And all they needed to be was just Decent enough. Look at what we saw in the second half of last year and in the playoffs. That team wasn't above 500. And they were selling out the Smoothie King Center. That is intense in there. The opponents have noted it. Everyone who's been through here has noted it, other than the Phoenix Suns broadcast who thinks they're piping in the noise, whatever, right? Look, if they give you a reason to cheer, you're going to cheer and y'all are doing that right now. Absolutely. You are seeing that right now. And that's why New Orleans is selling out games in the middle of the week against non-marquee teams. The Timberwolves are not a sexy team, right? And it was still a sellout. That's incredible. It's not the Lakers. It's not the Warriors. It's not the Celtics, the teams that you think, the Bulls, the Heat, even the 76ers because they've kind of been good for a little bit now. Those are the teams that you expect people to show up for. But they're doing it against teams that aren't that the Pacers game. The Pacers are terrible. New Orleans and their third stringers basically beat them. Y'all are showing out. I was finally like out of my house this past day, starting to feel better. And the amount of like Pelicans gear around the city is nuts. Grabbing lunch, seeing people walk in wearing tons of Pels gear, people recognizing me out, saying hi, saying go Pels because they're so excited about it. It's a fun time. I appreciate y'all making me part of your day. Whether you're a new listener, you've been with me for six plus years as I've been hosting this. It's fun. So I thank y'all for your passion. That's why I do this. It's a whole lot of fun to be here with y'all. And yeah, New Orleans basketball city, it was loud in there. I I was watching from home and you can feel it through the TV. At times you can barely hear the broadcast. That's how loud it is. That's you making an impact. The Timberwolves front office was talking about how, like, whoa, this is not what we were expecting. It's run by a former, a former New Orleans front office executive, Tim Conley. And he's there being like, wow, this place has changed. You can't get tickets for cheap anymore. As much as I want tickets to be cheap for y'all, 
it, it tells you something right now. And it's really fun to be a part of. And I hope you're enjoying the ride. There's still going to be down patches too. There'll be another losing streak, I'm sure, at some point. But this team's good. They connect with the city. They're young. They're growing. It feels like we're kind of on this journey with them. You emotionally connect that way too. Yeah, it's no surprise people are showing up when they're good. Give people a reason and they will be there. And the Pelicans right now are absolutely doing that with the play on the court, really backing it up. And just a fun way to play too. CJ going off, a lot of fun. Every time he made a three, the crowd would explode. Anytime Zion does anything good, crowd explodes. Jose out there on the court, grabbing his GTA steals and all of that. It is so much fun. This Pelicans team is good. They are first in the West to end 2022. They got one more game. Um, tonight, if you're listening to this on Saturday against uh, against Memphis, I'll recap that one on Monday. I will be in Dallas for the Cotton Bowl doing that, but I will recap the show then. So thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all on Monday. Enjoy this win and the weekend.